Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host, KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you will enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Welcome to the GameDev.TV Podcast. Hey, Happy to have you on. And is it is it David, or is it a different way to pronounce it? Um... Well, if you want to pronounce it like in Italian, it's Davide. Davide? But, yeah, Davide. I mean, but I, I don't mind like people calling me David. You know, like it's uh, it's fine. I mean, I've been living in the UK and the US for a long time, so I'm kind of used to it, and I don't mind it. Okay. And then yeah. Well, and did you? So you used to live in Italy and then moved to the UK or US? You said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I moved to the UK straight after uni. And I, I, I started to work there basically, uh, spent quite a long time, about nine years. And then I moved to uh, Barcelona, Spain, spent four years there. And then uh, about uh, a year and a half ago, I moved to the US. So okay. where, that's where I'm based right now in Pennsylvania, PA. Awesome. So just give a little small introduction to yeah. your fans who don't know who you are, and then we'll go from there. But I know you're a, what, C++ programmer, software design, you do UX and UI design, and you're one of the top pro- problem solvers in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I like I like problem solving in general, and uh, that, that's something, you know, I you need you need to do for, I mean, that, that's how I see things in general, mm-hmm. uh, creating like a good user interface it's kind of kind of like a problem solving thing and the same is like uh, writing uh, the code for a game at the end of the day you're still solving problems so that's why I have that in my title on LinkedIn for example uh, but yeah my, my main background uh, uh, is in uh, software engineering that's how I started uh, that's that's what I started basically that's what I started to do and then like uh, along the years I kind of like started to focus on uh, user interaction user interfaces uh, also because like I I've been working in games and I always had a passion for games so any kind of like interactive device or interactive application I always prefer that over uh, working I don't know on a, on a math library for example you know so uh, I, I always prefer that that kind of things. Like, I mean, I've, I've done everything. Yeah, I, I really work on everything, I believe. But yeah, my preference is for interactive media. It's, it's more fun. It's more engaging. You see what's happening in front of you and you can interact with it. Unlike other stuff, it's kind of the same way I feel when it comes to programming. I love it, but when it's with games, I'm it just captures me more. When it's something else, I'm like, cool, let's get it done. But I'd rather just move on to the games. Yeah, yeah, it's it, and it feels different. I, I don't know if it's I don't know maybe some kind of like a small god complex or something. Maybe. But <laughs> yeah, the thing is like for me it's very different. If you create like an application, like I don't know uh, Word or Excel, something like okay. that, you you're creating something that's gonna follow some rules. So you know that there's gonna be like a button for giving you, for example, italic text. Or okay. to, to, to you know to change the, the size of a font and that's it. Uh, but if you're creating a game, pretty much you're creating like a new universe, and you're setting the rules. So you're deciding what's what's happening, what's not, and uh, w- how things are going to react to 
each other and to the players' interaction and players' input. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a, 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 different, a different thing, you know, like for me at least. That's, that's how I see it. It's amazing to think that we're creating small universes, and sometimes people will do it on their own. Like, I know your game, you're making it on your own, right? The, uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, so it's like, how, how do you handle trying to build all the rules, mechanics, art for this universe that you've created on your own that nobody else sees but you? Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, isn't that kind of a crazy thought to think, that we're all creating mini-universes? It's... It kind like of mini gods. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if you, I think if you, if you wake up in the morning and you say, "Oh, I'm, 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 I'm almost a god. I'm creating a universe," and you know, like, and you just look at yourself in a mirror and you smile, you're not gonna get much done. But, <laughs> True. But at the end of the day, uh, you. You wake up, you start your machine, you see all the tasks you need to do and uh, how long it's going to take and you, you come back to Earth. So you realize, yeah, things are real. Uh, but no, seriously, I, I tend to divide everything into small problems. Okay. So I'm never, I'm never really saying, I'm never really working on anything uh, like very abstract or uh anything like uh, huge like I'm, I'm i'm never saying for example i'm, I'm okay today i'm going to work on the ai because that doesn't mean anything yeah you know that that's that could be everything so you know right. it's, it's it's not it's not something specific what what do you want to do when you create something big like for example the game i'm working on because uh that's a strategy game so it's not it's not like the simplest to do uh you want to it's a bit like programming, you know, you want to start creating the small bits, the small pieces, like, and then you start to put them together and uh, you create more mechanics based on those. So yeah, that's, I think the main thing is trying to organize your work in a way that uh, you have like the basics done. Mm -hmm. And when you have that, when you have those like implemented, you can start to build on top and create more complex things and create better things and and so on. Like it's 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 a it's a process anyway. No, it seems like you've managed to create this awesome process to handle a very complex game like the game you're making. Can you explain a little bit about the game you are making to the sure. listeners who don't know exactly what it is? Absolutely. Uh, the game I'm making is called Virtual, and it's a RTS game, so a real-time strategy game but it will also feature uh, 4x and uh, rpg elements that basically means that uh, uh, you will be able to control your units to upgrade them to uh, handle them like an rpg mm -hmm. uh, which is something that usually is not uh, is not done in uh, most R rts games normally you just create you know like a bunch of units and then you send them to fight with your enemy yes. You know, Probably you, also the easier way too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that's the thing. Uh, in my case, I'm trying to create something a bit different, and that's for mostly for two reasons. Uh, the first one, I'm a solo developer, and I just cannot compete with uh, the big players. Mm -hmm. uh, I I cannot compete with like any big company creating a you know like a classic RTS game. The Total I, War series. 
Yeah, I know. For example, something like that. I mean, there's like hundreds of people working on that. I, I just cannot compete. You know, that would be like silly thinking you can do that. Mm-hmm. So I have to do something different. And the approach I'm following is like to create some kind of like hybrid gameplay uh, where RTS meets RPG. And where, for example, you're gonna have you're gonna have like a, a limited amount of units, main units you can have in the game you can control. So it will be a bit like I don't know if you ever played games like XCOM, uh, like. Um, I've dabbled with XCOM, I think like for an hour, and I just didn't really get into it. But I get what you're saying. So it's like you kind of like command where the individual character kind of goes and. Yeah, yeah, but apart from that, like, something that you could do, like, in XCOM, for example, was, like, uh, mm, improving and upgrading your soldiers, and you could, for example, you could name them, so you you were kind of, like, getting attached to them, because they were, like, becoming part of your, your, you know, of of your story. Uh, They were not just, like, a bunch of pixels on screen that you were sending against the enemy base. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Is is like creating this kind of game that feels and uh, that you can play as uh, an RTS, a traditional RTS. So you you know like you have the standard mouse controls and um, all the shortcuts for everything and then and so on. Uh, you navigate the map and everything. There's fog of war, all these classic elements. But I'm trying to mix that with a uh, with an RPG, so you will be able to upgrade uh, your units and they will improve. Uh, the more you use them, for example, th- there will be different actions. Like uh, one of those is like conquering. Uh, the, one of the concept of the game is like you have to conquer cells because it's an isometric game. So you kind of play on this kind of like isometric grid and uh, you have to conquer cells and you have to connect them uh, uh, to your base to, uh, for example, mining resources. Um, the more a unit is doing that, the more experience he gets in that, and then at some point you can upgrade it, and you can, uh, uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna get better at doing it, so it's gonna get faster, or it's gonna it's gonna get new abilities and so on. So that's uh, that that's why that that's one one of the things I'm 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 trying to do with this game at least. Mm-hmm. No, it looks like you're doing a phenomenal job from what I've seen, and I'm curious is what we can see now, like, what the final version is going to look like, or is it going to be an evolved version near the end? Or no, is this... This is, yeah, this is very early stage. Uh, for okay. this game, I decided to follow, uh, to do things a bit different than normally, than what, what, like, normally companies or developers do. Because normally, when you see a game, probably a company uh, or some developers have already been working on it for a year, sometimes two years. And then you get you get some kind of like, maybe not the final version, but you get something that's already pretty polished or that's already getting there, you know, like, uh, so you never see everything that's before that. Uh, mm. What I'm trying to do instead is uh, showing people things from, I started to show things people from the very beginning when when uh, on screen I only had like some some rectangles like uh, and for some reason people were following that as well on YouTube. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, were, they were commenting and they were giving me tips on how to do things. I mean, they didn't mind, you know, like that, that was that was cool. And so I'm starting to show things from the very beginning. And uh, I, I usually I, I publish like a devlog uh, on YouTube at least once a month. 
-hmm. And uh, I always mention that what you're seeing right now is just like a first iteration or a second iteration at the top uh, of everything. So things will improve in the future. There's a lot of things planned. There's a lot of things that are going to change and are going to be better. And there's going to be more stuff coming. Uh, it will just take time. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully people at some point will be able to go on YouTube, check my devlog and uh, see that like uh, a year from now, the game will look similar for sure, because I'm, I'm going to keep the graphic style because uh, that's what I'm, uh, that, that's the plan. And but there will be a lot more stuff going on on screen right now. Everything is pretty much static. There's no animations there. There's no there's no particles yet. Uh, I just started to implement those. So, uh, you know, there's, visually, there's no much, but there would be, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're making RTS on your own. I expected it to take a long time to get all that stuff in. But now it looks like you've gone, gone done a lot for what you've been working on so far. Like, how long have you been working on this? Um, well, kind of officially, I started around December last year. Yeah, so, the, oh wow, this is, okay, six months of work and you got this, that's impressive. And uh, that's not full time, because I do have a day yeah. job. So I'm I'm dedicating pretty much most of my spare time to it. Uh, right now, I, I usually have only one day a week off uh, that I, because wow. I, yeah, I, I, I go skydiving on that day. So I'm, I'm, I'm away for the full day and I just don't touch technology on that day. Uh, it's just myself enjoying uh, the things I like, but pretty oh, much. No, wait, we got to stop with the, we, we got to start with the skydiving. You go skydiving once a week? Yeah, I mean, I, I used That's to do. incredible. But you don't no, hear yeah. anybody say that. I just go skydiving <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a licensed uh, skydiver, and I've been doing this for over three years now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's something I love, and it's something I would like to to make like part of my life in the future as a job as well. I, I would like, for example, to work weekends as a skydiver instructor. Uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love it, and I can tell you, I can tell you now that I'm also planning to use skydiving for promoting my game. No way. For, yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, like, uh, you know, th there's thousands of games, thousands of games coming every every year. Uh, so you kind of have to do something to differentiate yourself. Uh, one thing I want to try is, for example, creating some kind of commercial or you know a short video uh, that's going to be like me. Uh, jumping jumping off a plane and then like landing and showing you the game or something like that you know i, I haven't decided what Ooh. i'm going to do yet what if you do it where you, you skydive yeah. right and then maybe you have a backpack or or not just showing you had a laptop while you were about to jump and then when you get to the bottom you slowly like or as you're going slow so maybe somehow pull it out somewhere i don't know how you're going to do this but and then just be talking about the the, the game being like want to check out the game and then as you're landing then it changes the screen to the game and now people can see what the game's about. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of kind of a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was trying to do something like that. That's that's the plan. I I mean, I I'm saving that for you know the the final stage of development when I'll be strong on marketing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, something I would like to do, and uh, I'm happy I can do it myself. I mean, I don't have to hire anyone to do any stunt or anything. Because it's all so, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah. So, so yeah, going back to the main topic, basically, uh, I pretty much work 
uh, I mean, kind of like nine to five. I mean, for me, it's more like a 10 to six job. Okay. Uh, but pretty much when I wake up, I breakfast, I take a while to go functional. I'm not very a morning person. So, mm-hmm. I mean, after breakfast, I, I, I tend to go on social media, check things like a, something light. And then usually I work on the game for like one, two hours. And then I start my day job. And when I finish that, uh, usually, um, I work as um, a software engineer, I mean, UI software engineer and UX UI designer. So basically, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of a, of a project, everything related to this kind of visual UI application. So I'm designing the UX and the UI, and then I'm implementing it. Okay. And this is the National Robotics Engineer Center? Yeah, the UNREC, which okay. is basically part of the uh, CMU, the Carnegie Mellon University. Uh, it's kind of like a commercial branch of the university. And that's that's what I what I've been doing here in the US since I moved here, basically. So yeah, basically I, I finished to work around six and then I I usually have a kind of like a second breakfast, you know, like <laughs> you to have this kind of break. I it's not lunch, it's another breakfast. Uh no, no, I mean six PM it's more it's more like second breakfast. 6 PM. Yeah, Dang. yeah, 6 PM. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have this kind of second breakfast, like half an hour break and then um I start to work on my game again. Uh, I try to do as much as I can, but of course you you cannot be super productive at the end of the day. So usually it's like a couple of hours, uh, not always the best thing, but something I started to do uh, almost two months ago is uh, taking a day off from work every week. And uh, that's been helping me a lot because basically at some point, uh, Two months ago, I realized I was not making uh, enough progress as I wanted. Uh, and the problem is that sometimes you need just you, you need more time to work on something, especially when it's when it's programming, and uh, you you know you, it's something complex. Uh, yeah, there are many things you can do like in half an hour, in an hour maybe, but there are other things you need you need a full morning, for example, because otherwise you're just not gonna you're not gonna get it done. Because you need you just need more time, and uh, I realized the only way for me to do this without quitting my job was to basically have at least one day off uh, and dedicate that to my game, and that's what I'm doing right now, and and, and that's been helping me a lot. I'm very happy I'm, I'm doing that. Uh, I mean, the, I have a lot of holidays uh, from last year because. Pretty much last year, you know, I, I believe me, like everyone else, like didn't, you know, I didn't have a life basically. So I only, I only used like three days of vacation last year. And uh, I'm, now I'm basically, I'm using them now for, for working for on game. my game. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. And so what do you usually spend working on your game? To the weekend or? Uh, yeah. Mo- most of the time it's like this, this, this uh, midweek day. And uh, usually one day, Saturday or Sunday, depending when I when I'm home. Uh, so at least I do two full days, and then I try to put as many hours as I can. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's you know that's that's my situation right now. I have a job and I am trying to make things work. Eventually in the future, uh, to finish this game, I will have to 
quit my job. I don't know yet. I haven't decided yet. But uh, for now, that's that's how I'm, that's how I'm juggling the situation. Mm-hmm. And when you are working a game uh, for that one day or two days, how do you plan it out? Do you work all day on the game, or do you have like breaks in between, or do you plan it on the beginning and then work on it the rest of the day? Yeah. Well, basically, I. Uh, I I tend to start hard in the morning when it's like a full day, mm-hmm. and I tend to do as much as I can until lunchtime, uh, and then after lunch I tend to be more relaxed. So I don't really kill myself, but uh, the idea is still to do some kind of like a nine to five thing, and usually more. And uh, the good thing about being a solo developer is that Oh, it's a, it's a it's a curse and a bless, I guess. Mm. The the thing is, like, uh, I have to do everything, uh, which of course yeah. is like it's like overwhelming. Uh, I you have to do everything, but at the same time, it gives you a chance to do different things. Because, for example, it's I think for me at least, and I believe for pretty much everyone, it's mm-hmm. impossible to say today I'm gonna work for 14 hours on. Uh, <laughs> coding that's not gonna happen you're gonna be productive for five six hours stop and then after your brain is just too tired you're not gonna be productive after eight hours ten hours you know you're gonna be slow you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna create just bugs so you don't want to do that but because I have to do everything and everything means uh, social media emails forums uh, graphics uh, whatever anything you can think of I can say, okay, for five hours, I'm working on coding, and then I'll be doing like uh, some new graphics for three hours, and then for two hours, I'll be doing some marketing, like sharing things on forums and that kind of stuff, or, uh, okay. or and so on. So even if at the end, I'm busy for most of the day, I'm never, I'm never doing, for example, one thing for too many hours, because that, that, be, that will be hard. Mm-hmm. And probably not very effective as well. Yeah, it's like why work more if you're producing less when you can yeah. work less. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. At some point, I, I realize I'm not being productive. I'm just staring at the screen and just stop because you know there's no point. Mm-hmm. And so when you're going to do the programming part, how do you plan what you're going to make? Do you start off by saying, "Hey, I'm going to make maybe a situation where you can build a like a road, connect the energy crystal to the base." Do you then figure out how you're going to do that? Do you, like how do you plan that out? Yeah, well, uh, everything starts basically designing things on uh, kind of like let's say on paper. I mm-hmm. just write uh, things down, some documents, some ideas. I'm not super organized from that point of view. Uh, like I don't have like a full design document, for example. Uh, and uh, the main reason for that is that uh, once again I'm alone. So I don't want to spend, for example, one month writing the perfect design document yeah. when maybe things are going to change. Because, you know, like creating a game is very challenging because there are things that for sure uh, you think in your head they're going to they're be fun or they're going to be interesting, but then you implement them and they're not. So you have to change them. Now, if you write a full design document before starting, you're going to do the job twice. Because you're going to write things, you're going to implement things, and then you have to change them. Yeah, it's like, what's the point? So, yeah, so I, I have like this kind of like high-level ideas that I write down. 
and then like for all the details, I I tend to create tasks in my in, in my task manager. I I, I use a software uh, that's called I mean it's a website actually, it's a web application called uh, ClickUp, mm-hmm. and uh, that's I don't know if you ever use Jira or anything like that. No, I have not. Okay, so basically something for organizing your tasks, and that, that's something uh, I, I really like as I can use it for everything I have to do. So I create I create like uh, tickets and I create like sprints. So I organize my work in uh, blocks of two weeks, for example. Mm-hmm. And in, in these blocks of two weeks, I I usually add I don't know something like 10, 12 tasks, and I and I work on those. And I usually tend to uh, go pretty pretty low level on my task. So it's never, for example. Let's implement one big feature. It's mostly uh, let's implement one particular thing, and uh, when that's done, uh, I I I go I go on with more. Like for example, recently I've been implementing the uh, first defensive tower in the game. Okay. And uh, one task was to uh, code the, uh, the basically the implement the possibility to, of creating a tower so there's like an actual button that's going to allow you to create a tower and then there's going to there was another task that was implementing the tower object uh, and there was like a second task then a third task was uh, implementing the uh, uh, kind of like tower ai so for example the tower is going to react to enemies when they come closer and that's still in progress. So as you can see, like you, you could, you could, for example, have just one, one task, one ticket, or one note saying somewhere saying uh, do defensive tower, and that's it. But that's going to be a lot of stuff, and uh, and also like I usually tend to create tickets and tasks for uh, graphic things I have to do. Like in my case, because I'm doing everything, I, I'm not just implementing the code of the defensive tower. I'm also creating the graphics. So one task is just for that. So yeah, as I said, you, you could have like one one ticket for creating the defensive tower, and inside of that there's everything. But that's not going to help you much. What I prefer to do is like creating these small tickets and dividing things in uh, in these little 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 relatively uh, tasks. That are more easy to handle and to plan on. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I was looking to click up, and it looks really cool. And it looks like you can connect it with Excel, Trello, with all these different management oh, yeah. apps. But it's just it's really good. And also, I'm I do agree that it's very hard to be like, hey, I'm making a program in any art. And also, I'm kind of confused on what you use to make the game. Do you use like an engine, or do you make your own engine? No, actually, I, I'm doing everything from scratch, pretty much. Everything, even the like engine. Yeah, yeah, even okay. the engine. Like I, I'm just using. Uh, um, I mean, I, I code in C and I use a library that's called SDL2. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only thing external thing I use basically, and that's for uh, basic rendering. So that that's that's helping you, like for example, rendering an image on screen. And uh, that's helping you, like getting the input from uh, the user. So you're getting the keys or the mouse movements, something like that. But it's very, very low level. So it's uh, it's pretty much nothing, you know. Like it's uh, it's a multimedia library for low level stuff, and you have to build everything on top. Uh, 
it's not something probably I would recommend to hmm. most developers these days, mm -hmm. but I've been doing this for a long time. I created different engines in the past, and also this game is like 2D, so it's not demanding in terms of tech as uh, maybe a 3D game. If I had to do like a 3D game right now, I would probably use an engine, because otherwise I would be spending like uh, years just, just for that. But in my case, I can still get away with it. So for now, I, I went for for full control. Yeah. So you say you built the engine. Did you build the engine before you started making the game, or you kind of build it as you're making the game? Uh, it's a bit of both. Because basically, last year I started to work on a small, uh, simpler strategy game as well. And then at some point, I realized that. Uh, I wanted to do more and I wanted yeah. to, I really wanted to work on a real project because that game, that, that was something I was doing just for fun, you know, just, I wanted to test like a touch screen basically. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I got like a big touch screen at home, like a 32 inches touch screen and I wanted to test that. I, I thought, okay, let's make something cool uh, with it. And I started to work on this little game, but then I realized that uh, I wanted to work on a real game and I didn't touch games in many years. Because uh, basically, I used to work in the game industry. Then at some point, I went full-time indie, uh, and uh, things didn't go too well in the end. So I decided to take a break from game development, and that break has been uh, about five years. And so after those five years, I restarted with this little project just for fun. And in the middle of it, I realized that that's where my passion is. That's what I want to do. So I started to work on my current game. Uh, so I kind of reused part of the code I had for that, uh, but mostly I'm creating as long as I go. So, and, and also that's something, that's a strategy that I recommend to people. Uh, usually, at least for me, that's what I experience in my life. It's better not to create everything in advance because mm -hmm. uh, you never know for sure what you're going to use, what you're going to need, and so on. Uh, it's much better to try to keep things simple and uh, create, add more things as long as you go. Uh, that's that's kind of like a more flexible and uh, that's kind of easier for a solo developer. Maybe things are different if you're in a team, if you have more resources and so on. Like, But if you're a solo developer, you know, that this, at the end there's 24 hours in a day. So you have you have to pick your battles basically. You know you you cannot do everything, that's for sure. So if you know that something is a maybe, don't do it. Do what you need, and then like you will add that maybe later eventually. I really love that. Do <laughs> what you need. So I want to get to the part where you stop doing game dev for five years. Now for someone yeah. starting out maybe or thinking about doing game dev, it seems like a long time to have. A break like so what was the thought process going into like the um let's say the failure of the indie route and then taking a break and then now doing it again like what was what was your mindset and then like how did you know it was time to go back into games yeah well the <laughs> that the thing is like when i when it when 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 things went bad with my full-time indie experience they went pretty bad Basically, I, I I felt completely crushed also because of the way they went. Because I was working on this mobile game and I finished it. I published it on uh, uh, the Google Play Store. And things were going kind of okay for 
a small indie developer. I was starting to get like uh, something like a thousand uh, new users per day the first few days, and the game was kind of growing. You know, it was kind of kind of okay. And then after about five days after the launch, uh, my place was. Uh, I was living in London at the time, and uh, on one night there was a storm, and my place was hit by a lightning strike, and that oh. yeah that that was that was like uh, messed up. They basically destroyed uh, the power unit of my computer, and that left me without internet for uh, about five days. Because they they had to come and uh, fix fix things in the, in the system. So basically, for five days, I disappear from the internet, and I couldn't work on the game. I didn't do anything. And in those five days, I lost all the progress I made uh, with my launch. Basically, I lost momentum. And when I restarted, I tried doing I tried like doing more paid ads on Facebook and everything. But it just just didn't work, and uh, I realized. I mean, I was not big enough to to fight to fight that, and uh, I I like things. So I don't know. I, I I saw that some kind of signal, you know, like the universe doesn't want me to make this game. The universe doesn't want me to do this yeah, right wow. now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that was, and and you know, I I I spent like uh, about a year and a half working on that project. I put like uh, my heart and soul that I at the time uh, before before starting it I was working for King, uh, you know the creator of Candy Crush, and okay. I yeah and I quit that job you know I, I I left everything behind just for making for making things work and in the end they didn't work they didn't work as expected so I, I was really soul crush you know like I I I, I felt betrayed by life and everything and uh, I. I wanted a change, and that's why I decided to leave London as well. I wanted some kind of like a, a fresh start, and uh, I oh, got. He really went all out. He was. You went and moved. Where'd you go from there? You go. To yeah, your... I went to Barcelona. Barcelona, Barcelona. Spain. Okay. Yeah, uh, I I got like a. I don't know. I don't know if you believe in destiny or anything. I I don't I don't know if I believe in destiny myself. The thing is like. Uh, I just like on one day I was just upset. I went on LinkedIn. Uh, I searched for a job in Barcelona. I found one. I didn't even know that company that was hiring, but apparently it was a big one. And I applied, and they called me like a few days later, and I I got like a first job interview the the following week, and then I got the job after a couple of weeks. So you know, like it's not like I've been job hunting or I've been trying things. You know, it was just okay. Let's go to Barcelona, and then it worked out pretty pretty easily. Uh, so yeah, and then I decided to stay there. When I moved there, I I kind of like started to enjoy life a bit more, I guess. Okay, I so, love that. That's yeah, a, it's good to hear because it probably allowed you to be more creative. Yeah, I mean that that for sure recharged me. Like I I, I started to to do different things, and for example, I, I started to to spend more time on three um, uh, D design. I started to study more Blender. I don't know if you know it. Yes, I love Blender. Yeah, yeah so I, I did more things with that. So but the thing is, like I was not working on a project anymore, so I could do whatever I wanted. If I wanted to spend like two months on Blender, and then I wanted to do something different the next month, I was doing so. Yeah, uh, I kept my mind free for all this time, and um, 
you know, time time went by, uh, weeks became months, and then months became years. And uh, I at the end, like I, I moved to the US, uh, and I think it's been mostly because of the whole COVID situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved here, and pretty much two weeks after I started my new job, I I was moved to work from home. So and you know th- there's been lockdowns, there's been the situation that we had and everything. So I didn't have a life for the full year basically. So I also had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started to work on uh, that kind of like toy game I told you before, yes, just to, to do something, game. you know, so maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know, once again, Destiny or something. Right, it's you know. like it was the time for you to start your so, game. Again. Yeah, I mean, now now I felt like it was the time. I mean, I just felt like I wanted to do it and I, and I did it. And uh, I've been working on that since then, basically. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's interesting how Destiny works, life works. Yeah, Can't, I don't know it, what it is. It's weird because like it doesn't make sense. It shouldn't make sense. It shouldn't even, it shouldn't even work the way that it does. But it seems to work as in like <laughs> things happen for a reason. Like oh, I this happened and it made me not do that, so I ended up doing this. And then by not doing that, you were able to learn Blender. You were able to learn a lot of things so that now, when the opportunity calls for it, you're able to work in your game. Because I'm guessing you make all the assets, the 2D assets in Blender, or do you do that somewhere else? No, actually, for now, I'm not using Blender. I'm using um, a 2D software called Inkscape, okay. and that's for vector graphics. Uh, it's basically something similar to Adobe Illustrator, I believe. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's what I'm what I'm using right now. Uh, in the future, maybe I will do something in Blender. Uh, I might as well do something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that that's you know like that's a bullet I have. Uh, I might use it in the future. Mm. I don't know. So, so yeah, it's. Um, it's not so sure. for in Inkscape, yeah. did you learn that for the game, or did you learn that like? Oh no, I've been using that for a long time. Okay. Uh, just yeah. To make graphics for like work or stuff. Yeah, or? yeah as well. I mean, it's uh, something I use for vector graphics for, for example, for user interfaces. Uh, I tend to use it for sketching things. And uh, it's kind of like easy to use, and uh, it's it, it's powerful enough for designing things, uh, especially if you go for something like a flat look or something like that. So so yeah, I mean I've been using it for yeah a good while, I'd say for several years. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then I want, now I want to get into the C++ and the programming part of the game. Yeah. So why you, did you choose C++? Is it because you know the language? It's just the most optimal? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a C++ developer. That's mm-hmm. that's my background. That's what I studied when I was in uni. And then that, that's what I've always been using uh, for games. Uh, I did a few little things in uh, Java and Objective-C when I was working on mobile games. But they were mostly low-level stuff, and then like everything on top was always C++. Uh, it's, uh, mm, I mean, some people like it, some people don't. I personally, I'm okay with it. It's just that uh, that's that's the the thing I know best, mm-hmm. so it makes sense, you know, like because uh, many people, of course, they say, oh no, but you should be using Unity, for example, which is cool and everything. But the thing is, like, uh, I've been a professional, a professional C++ developer for I don't know, 15 years, 
-hmm. and I never use Unity. So for me, using Unity means starting from scratch. Yeah. Which also means like I'm gonna be maybe in six months. So yeah. you know, like uh, maybe after six months I'll be much faster. Yeah, true. But in the meanwhile, you know, I keep. Yeah, I think Simple Plus is just better when it comes to making games. And if you're using Unity C Sharp, I mean, yeah, I still think because I, I like Unreal and C Plus Plus. Mm -hmm. But now for anybody who's learning how to make games, be a gameplay programmer specifically. What advice would you give? Like, what was what was your kind of study strategy when you were starting to learn out? Was it easy for you programming or was it kind of difficult? Oh, well, uh, I, I can tell you programming in general can be easy. Uh, doing it right is not. Mm. You need experience and you need to study and learn things that are not always obvious. Like uh, learning a language is only a first step. Saying I know C++ or I know C Sharp is not going to make you a good programmer. Because at the end of the day, you have to solve problems in an optimized way. Because mm -hmm. you, you can do things in, in so many ways. That's, uh, that's just like silly saying, I'm going to use this language things or I'm going to use this engine, things are going to be just fine. Uh, you need you need to know the way uh, of reasoning and the way of solving problems uh, for getting things that are that are just just good enough for for a game. And, uh, you know, modern hardware is helping people a lot. Uh, they can they can get with like a lot of like maybe unoptimized code or uh, suboptimal algorithms and so on. But the truth is, like, if you start to do things that are a bit more serious than a match three game, for example, uh, sooner or later, you will get problems in terms of performance or in terms of bugs or in terms of uh, uh, maintaining your code. Because at the end of the day, creating something quick, like uh, for a game jam, for example, can be easy and can be fun. Mm -hmm. But creating a project that you're going you're gonna to be maintaining for years that's the real challenge. And, uh, you know, that requires experience, that requires reading and studying about software development and uh, software design, all these kind of things. And also trying to, you know, try to learn from what you do. Uh, that's that's another thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Because it's problem solving with programming is frustrating at least for me because at first I always thought it was just learn how to program and you'll be set yeah but it's like first you have to learn how to solve the problem then understand it and then use the code to write the solution essentially so it's right. it's it's a complicated thing and I was wondering if you had like ever struggled with learning and if you did not have any tips to help you help anybody who like struggling or maybe having a hard time to grasp the difference between like solving a problem and then writing the code that's optimal for that? Yeah. Well, uh, I would say like the learning is very subjective because okay. different people learn in different ways. So uh, there's never really going to be one answer that's going to fit everyone. Uh, one thing I can tell you is that some people are, are better, for example, on learning on the field, let's say. So trying things, uh, hacking things together, and see uh, what happens. Other people need more guidance, so maybe they need like uh, an online course that might be something as, as simple as a, like a, 
uh, I don't know, a video course on YouTube or mm. any any website like doing this kind of like pre-recorded courses. Or some people maybe require something uh, more interactive, like for example, with an online tutor or a real life tutor, you know, like a teacher yeah. explaining things. So at the end of the day, very much depends on you. Uh, the way you're better at learning, you should go for that. And uh, there's nothing wrong. There's there's no reason to be ashamed if you if you know if you need like a teacher or something because maybe you just you're just starting from scratch. And I've seen people. I, I read about people like online. Like I know there was one guy that was like uh, doing. Uh, it was it was a truck driver. And then, like he turned, he turned like 50. He decided to change his life, and he started to do coding. But he had to do like a, like a, he had to take like a course for that. He couldn't just go online, Google how to make a game, and yeah. make a game, you know, like when you're starting way. from scratch and you, and you have no, no, absolutely zero experience before. You didn't study anything in school or in college or you know whatever. You need some help. So I, I guess it's all about you, your current skills, your current level, where you are in life. I, that's that, that depends on you. The the thing is like try to find the the way that works for you. And of course, the less experience you have, the more help you need. Usually, that's that's how that's how it is. Yeah, it's, it's basically being humble and saying, "Hey, I need help. Um, here's my code. I know it might be bad, but I want to improve." Yeah. So. It's yeah. So I got to tell more people. I tell myself more to just put my code out there and have more people check it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So what was probably one of the, we already talked about maybe a few struggles you've gone through, but what is like another one that, you know, stands out where you had went through like a dark time and you had to get through it? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I can probably tell you about two. Uh, the first one is kind of like a psychological stru uh, struggle. Okay. Uh, the thing is, like uh, when you when you're making a game, uh, you know it's going to be a long process, hmm. and uh, you know you're going to spend a lot of time on it. You know you're going to spend uh, a lot of resources in terms of time. Uh, your time mostly mm -hmm. or even money you know like at some point you will need to invest in advertising or you will need to pay people for doing other things because you know like pretty much nobody can do everything so it's going to be a huge investment anyway and of course there are moments when uh, you start to question yourself and you start to think okay what if i'm doing this for maybe two years and then it's gonna sell zero. You know, there's so many games on Steam that are yeah. even good, but they come out and they have like five reviews and five reviews means zero sales. You know, like it's, yeah. it's like that. There's no magic magic thing behind. If, if a game is like no reviews, yes, no sales. It's not like some games are special and they, they, they get no reviews because people are just lazy, no. If a game is selling well, it's gonna get it's gonna get many reviews. So, I mean, there's there's That's all the failures. You you could be the next one, you know. And uh, yeah. uh, working hard every day for years, maybe uh, it's not easy when that it's uh, it's a possibility. So, and also like uh, you go around, for example, you're on social media, 
and you see you see like a guy maybe posting a gif of a of a virtual dog or something and he's mm -hmm. getting 500 likes and uh, 1000 yeah, repeats. why not my game yeah i mean you say why why what's wrong with my game what's wrong with people like, why they hate me or, or something like that the thing is like uh uh you know sometimes i struggle with that a bit and also like i see other games maybe like that clearly are, are doing better or are going to do better the the secret that the the thing that's calming me down and the thing that's moving me forward basically is thinking that i'm not playing against everyone else mm -hmm. i'm just doing i'm creating something and uh, my goal is to find enough people that like it that enjoy it for uh, me to make a living out of it and to keep working on it so if you look if you look like uh, any uh, news website about games or something like that and you compare yourself to the the current big hit you know you, if you compare yourself to Valheim for example or any triple A game yeah you, like all the PlayStation you're the games yeah you know like you, you're never going to get there you know like i mean maybe maybe the, the, there are there are yeah of course there are a few solo developers that made it like uh selling million copies yeah that's a possibility but the reality is that that's like winning a lottery mm. uh that's what, what solo. yeah yeah absolutely i mean if you if you if your if your end goal is to become a millionaire with one game you should probably go out and buy a lottery ticket because that's gonna give you probably more chance mm -hmm. But if you if you're real, if you keep it real, and you say, okay, for example, my goal for this game is selling twenty thousand co twenty thousand uh, copies. So that's that's still like a good number, but it's something I believe that's achievable. Mm. If you do marketing right, if you do things right, if you give people a good game, you know that's something that I can achieve, and that's not going to make me famous. That's not going to make me rich, but that's going to make things work. So the secret for me is like being real, like uh, being realistic and being real. Like uh, don't don't think you're going to be the next Valheim or the next super famous, the, the next, uh, well, what would we say before, Minecraft? Oh yeah, Minecraft or Fortnite yeah. or yeah, you know, other like, things that weren't supposed to be successful but ended up being successful. You know, it like, happened, oh. but yeah. if, if you ch if you check Twitter, if you check like forums and so on, uh, there's one Minecraft, and then there's like a million of failed projects. Clones. So yeah, or even clones, like you know, like it, you. Technically, for Fortnite was trying to be Minecraft. That's why they have this building mechanics yeah. and the funny uh, character design, and it was always supposed to be a single player game until that one day when they're like, you know what? It seems to be a trend of battle royals. Let's make our own. And who would have known? Who would have known it would? be as big as it is now but yeah isn't that crazy clones of minecraft because it worked and there's thousands of them on the store the only one we know only one we remember yeah absolutely i mean it's uh it feels a bit random maybe it is but the thing is like uh yeah just don't compare yourself to the big players uh, until you're one at least you know because mm -hmm. otherwise that's gonna it's gonna make your life hard yeah that's 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 what i can say so I like the, like how you're being realistic, but how do you stay realistic and also stay, I would say, like happy and content that you're moving towards where you want to go? Because I know a lot of people, it's in a weird way where it's like the people who are kind of 
I wouldn't say delusional, but over-optimistic are mm-hmm. the ones that get hurt the most when things don't turn out the way they want to. But the person who's not is more realistic gets maybe a better result because they weren't expecting that much. But like, are you as fulfilled? Are you as happy? Even though it's maybe not something grand? Yeah, no. The thing is, like, uh, uh, for me, the real goal is not a number. For me, a real goal is going to be uh, a different life. And by different life, mm-hmm. I mean uh, quitting my current day job yeah. and working on games full time. Eventually, it will be creating a company, so having more people working with me and maybe doing better games. But the main thing for me would be working on uh, on games. So that's my goal. Uh, to get to that, okay. uh, I need, for example, 20,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, for me, that's important. Then if I can get to 100,000 it's it's gonna be better, of course. I'm gonna I'm gonna make more money and everything and everything is gonna be better. But as long as I can get to my main goal, which is gonna be becoming a full time indie developer, I'm happy, and I'm working for that. So yeah, I think that's that's the main thing. Like having having like a realistic goal, uh, and then whatever else is gonna come out of it, good good for you. But Otherwise, you know, like are you, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's it's pretty. I, I think it's pretty useless to say I want to be the new Minecraft. Yeah. Because statistically, you know, like in terms of numbers, it's not going to happen. So of course you can say I want to be the new Michael Jordan, but it's it's probably not going to happen. You so, can be the new yourself, whatever that yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't. I think people get caught up in this trap of everything has to be an overabundance. It's not that you can have a hundred thousand dollars, I have to have a million. It's not that you have like someone that's beautiful, you have to have like a model or somebody that's like, whoa. It's like you get this concept where things have to be so awesome and epic for us to feel fulfilled, feel happy. And it's just like you can be happy with so much less than you think. Just follow whatever makes you happy or whatever your end goal is. Like, you just want to make a studio. The studio could be as big as the PlayStation Studios, like God of War, Santa Monica Studios. Or it could be just as big as something else. But still, you can make games that people care and love. And that's really all that matters at the end of the day. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. I wonder, like, why we're so stuck in this obsession of more and more and more. And well, grand, I think grand. it's like uh, the modern society. And this is not just about games. I mean, if you check social media... Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go on Instagram, uh, the popular things, the mo- the popular photos, the popular people are the ones that are super winners. You know, like the top model yeah. or the basketball player, the millionaire, uh, and that's what you see. That that's kind of like your your role models. So that's what you're aiming for in in the back yeah. of your head. At the end. But that's just the image of themselves. It's yeah. We don't know what goes on in their lives. Oh, like, absolutely. So it's, yeah. it's just, I'm like, why are we so trapped in trying to replace our life with someone else's when their life could be worse? It's just they got more money because they're famous, but maybe they don't want to be famous for that reason. It's like you don't know, and it's it's almost like getting stuck to a nine to five. It's like, what if they're stuck in their own fame and yeah, maybe they they, yeah. they cannot leave their home, otherwise someone is gonna kidnap them. Or, or, yeah, and it's just like, like that, do you really you know, want that's that. The problem I have, I mean, if I go outside, I don't think anyone is gonna ask me for for money. Yeah, right. <laughs> When is Virtual coming out? Where's my body? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Gonna kill you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or paparazzi is like, look at him. It's just wild to me when all this happens. At the end of the day, I mean, if you're happy with the things you have and you do, you don't need to be Bill Gates, you know. You can be like any other successful person, like in your terms, and you'll be happy. That's the thing. The the, the sooner you learn that, the better. Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, it's not it's not easy because the society we live in, it's, 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 not, it's not made for that. I mean, it's, it's just showing you extremes. It's all about like zero and one, basically. You're a loser or you're a millionaire in between. Yeah. Like there's nothing, but it's you know, like in between is oh you're getting to the millionaire, but you haven't made it yet, and it's like well maybe I have. Why <laughs> does my level of success depend on your happiness, or your way you think I'm happy? Like I'm happy because I'm happy, whether you think I am or not. I'm successful because I think I am or not, not based on other external things. Now sure you can base maybe stability and like if the person's able to sustain certain things, but that's it. It doesn't have to do with happiness or success because that's on the individual. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Different for different people. Yeah, and it's also complicated because like maybe one success at the time is not someone else's like misfortune in the future. Mm, so it's like, yeah, it's complicated. It's getting very philosophical. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's way way beyond game dev the game right? <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so this has been so much fun. I want to know a little bit more about the game. So the game concept. How did you come up with this whole game at first? Did you did you want to make your own RTS and say, how can I make it like a little bit easier? Or like, how did yeah, you come up with the title and everything? I've always been a big fan of uh, strategy games in general, mm -hmm. uh, both turn-based and uh, real-time games. And I, you know, I started with the classics, something like uh, Dune 2 or Command and Conquer, uh, you know, these kind of games. Uh, and then I, I play play a company of heroes and so on. You know, so I, I play many. I always loved them. I always wanted to make one. And uh, as I said, like last year, I started to work on this kind of like toy project and uh, that was supposed to be some kind of like a risk. So uh, it's kind of like, but like a real time version. And uh, I, I, I went from there and I, I started to, to imagine like how I could like improve things. I could, how, for example, I could make things more interesting. And I started to think about the new features Mm -hmm. And I started to write ideas down. And then I got to a point where I had enough ideas uh, that I could create something original. Okay. When, I, when I got to that point, I started to implement things. And uh, But right now, I still, I'm, I still don't have like 100% uh, plan for the game. So much is going to be impl implementing things and seeing uh, how, they, how they feel, how, how, they, how they play out, you know, like... Uh, so, because for example, right now, my idea is that, um, well, as I told you, uh, this is not going to be a super classic RTS game because I want to try to create something a bit different. And one idea is that you can control your units like in a RTS, but you can handle them like in an RPG. And uh, part of the gameplay will be the one of a tower defense. So you will be able to play... Uh, mm. And you will be able to attack your enemies with your main units or creating like mini units that are going to be like, uh, you know, like uh, you, you don't have like, for example, direct control on them. Mm -hmm. You can only send them like over the base of your opponent. And so there will be this kind of mix of uh, classic RTS with your nine main units 
okay. that you can control like an RTS. And then there would be this kind of like a part that's going to be a tower defense where you basically define, you, you, you create these mini units and you send them like to uh, maybe destroy a defensive tower or something. That's going to be a lot of fun to play. I can't wait. I love tower defense games, love RPGs, love RTSs. So you put it all three in one, like, I'm sold. And so where can people find out more about this game? Is it, you have a Steam page, you also have a YouTube, and yes. where yes, can absolutely. they go? There's, there's, a, there's a Steam page that went live today. So this morning, this, this has been a long day, I can tell you that. <laughs> it's been a busy day. <laughs> yeah, busy, busy. I love it. Sure. Getting busy. after it. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, so, yeah, there's a Steam page now. Uh, you can look for Virtuator. Like I don't know if you if you can leave like a link in the video description maybe later. Oh yeah, I'll put the uh, links in the YouTube podcast description. Yeah, yeah. It'll be everywhere. Just check the details. Oh, that's great. So people can go there, and uh, I will really appreciate if they like the game. Of course, if they uh, could wish list it, because that's gonna help me with uh, with Steam basically. Because the way Steam works is that the more wish wish list you get. Uh, the more important your game Steam think it is. Mm -hmm. So when it's about to get launched, you're going to be shown to more people and you're going to get in the new and trending section, like, you know, the uh, upcoming popular games, these kind of things. So basically my job uh, as, a, as a game developer slash marketer for the next year or so would be to get as many wish lists as I can. Okay. And that's going to be something I have to do, you know, like, and that's also a reason why I started so early to show things to people because I simply don't have the guns. I don't have the bandwidth to uh, create a page one min one month before release and then like get, I don't know, uh, 50,000 uh, wish lists. You know, it's uh, it's just something I, I, I'm not able to do or pretty much any indie developer able to do. So... Over one year, I hope that I'll be able to get enough wish list to uh, to get to get the game uh, the proper highs uh, for Steam at least. And uh, I also have like a Discord server, and uh, I believe in open development. That's something I wanted to say as well, because basically um, I'm making this game because I like it. As I said, I'm a big fan of strategy games, but at the same time, I'm making this game for people to enjoy. So it's not going to be something like uh, uh, me working in my bedroom for or in my home office for a year and then giving you the game and you can like it or not. Uh, it's going to be an open process. So people can join my Discord server. Soon there will be uh, a first uh, alpha where people okay. will be able to try the game and they can give me feedback. They, they already been voting for features like I've been asking them. Uh, for example, to choose the uh, the image for Steam, or they, I'd be asking them what feature I should implement next during development. So I'm already been involving them, and the moment that they will start to play the game, they will be able to report bugs there or to tell me, you know, you, maybe you could try this feature, and I'll see what I can do. Uh, of course, I, I cannot do like uh, everything everyone is oh, yeah, saying, but I I tend to be uh, very focused on what people say and. Uh, I tend to listen to them, and if something makes sense, I'm not I'm not one of those people that are oh no, uh, I want to do that. That's going to be red, and that's how I I decided so. I'm not going to change it. If like I see like then ten people are telling me that maybe that should be green, 
I think about it. And if it makes sense, that's going to be green. Even if at first I, I made it red. Because in the end, I'm making, I'm, I'm making this game for the people. You know, exactly, so, they're the people who buy it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm some kind of like a slave and I, I have no, no, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just going to be some, someone pushing buttons and I'm going to do what others say. Of mm -hmm. course, I'm going to decide the main things and I'm going to direct the development and everything. But I strongly believe that the community can help me with that. Mm -hmm. It just makes sense. And also, it allows the community, the fans, to get involved and feel like they're in actually engaging with you. And then at the end of the product, it's the game they actually wanted to play. Or they even get excited because they're like, I told him to do that. He made it. I'm getting to experience it. It's exciting. So just oh, from yeah. all, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, it's very, it's very rewarding for them. I mean, I, I got like someone telling me, oh, cool, you implemented something I suggested. Maybe I implemented it after one, one month after because, you know, it took me time. But mm -hmm. that person remembered that he suggested that feature. So and he was happy with that, you know, like, and, and we're not talking about a, a AAA game or something that's already released or something famous or anything. For now, it was just something he was seeing on screen. But just because I made something he suggested, he was happy. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's both yeah, ways. There we go. <laughs> well, awesome. I, um, I love hearing about the game and your story and all that stuff. And before we wrap it up, I'd like to ask you to give a, the listeners a challenge. Small challenge could be anything related, could be programming, could be design, anything game to have related. Um, just any type of challenge, whatever you can think of at the moment, and take your time. Yeah, uh, well, uh, one challenge that's uh, that's something I'm going to face rather than I'm facing already, but I know something I'm going to face is going to be with the AI of the game. Uh, it's not going to be easy. And uh, especially for a game like this, when where things are pretty much open, uh, it's not going to be easy to de to develop. It's not going to be easy to test. Uh, it will be likely it will take a lot of work, and it will not be perfect at first, because it's like working on AI is not something simple. Uh, not at all. There are a lot of things that you don't, you don't, you just don't see. I mean, you don't realize why maybe the AI is doing something, and to figure that out might take a good while. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm going to struggle with that, uh, but I'm up for the challenge, and uh, I hope I'll be able to come up with something good. I hope, like also, people will help with testing. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's going to be something for sure. That's going to be challenging. That's funny because I asked you. To create a challenge for the guests, but then you talked about your own challenge. Well, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I didn't get that. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> so, no, because, because before you asked me, like, a, a challenge for... So, you want me to create a challenge for the guests? Like, uh, about oh, what? Yeah. Like a short challenge that you can just think of. Um, could be programming-related, game design-related. Okay. okay, cool. Um, I challenge them to create a simple full game. And by that, by that, I mean, like, it could be even, I don't know, Pong or anything, you know, Space Invaders, anything simple. But he has to be a full game, something that where you can go to the main menu, you can start a new game, you can play, I don't know, you can play it. And then you can, you have, like, I don't know, something, a score or something, and then you can go back to the main menu. And uh, you can uh, you can do something like go to the settings or go to the credits or you know like so 
the full experience. And the challenge there is that it's very, uh, it's very easy to make something specific or something limited. Like for example, only the game menu or only one level or just the uh, one, I don't know, like a tech demo or something. Creating a full application, like something that uh, works from the beginning, from the main menu to the end until the user quits, that's a real challenge. And if you can do that, you already have like the basics for creating complex games. Because at the end of the day, uh, the right. structure is going to stay. And you know, the idea is, the, the idea is, is that you just have to add more stuff. But I want people to create something uh, complete, you know, like a full game, like a, as simple as it can be. Mm -hmm. No, that challenge is going to be perfect for our community because we have courses that teach you how to make certain games with different um, techniques and like fundamentals of how to program. So the, so sometimes you get a game where it's like almost complete. Maybe they'll teach you the main menu in one section, but then like a third they don't. And then they have like one level mate. And it's like the challenge from then on is like either you make your own or you go to the next section. But now you're challenging them to take one of those sections and say, make this into a full game with a start menu, with settings, with a quit, with credits, and then have like 10 levels and just like, Boom. It can be so simple. It doesn't have to be complicated levels. Absolutely. Nothing complicated. Yeah. So, no, this is going to be a perfect challenge for the game dev at TV community. And also, thank you. Thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun, David. Thank you for having me today. It's been, it's yeah. been a great shot. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. And I want to just do one last thing where I hand the mic to you to, you to do any last-minute shout-outs, quotes, tips, whatever you want to end the podcast off. And uh, thank you for coming on. And the mic's all yours. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This, uh, this has been has been has been a surprise when you messaged me. I I wasn't expecting that, but I I was really happy. I was looking forward to today, um, and it's been it's been a great chat. It's been I mean I I enjoy like talking about something I love, um, so it's it's been very good. And I hope people will take some time to check out my game, and eventually to wishlist and follow it because that's going to help me, as I said, with Steam and everything. Uh, I hope they will like it. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all courses at GameDev.tv or in the show notes at a discounted price. Get started with your game development journey today. <laughs>